On today's episode of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, it is a bandwagon series of the show where we bring in three out of the four hosts of the remaining teams here on the Locked On NHL Network to ask them why Florida Panther fans should be cheering on their team the rest of the way. Yes, I said three out of the four teams. Take a little guess uh, which is the team host that I did not bring on the show. So we'll be talking about that and more all on today's episode of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into this Thursday, June 2nd edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez from PantherParkway.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at Monoman12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. Don't forget to also subscribe to Locked On NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. They'll be covering all the postseason activities around the National Hockey League. So on this edition of Locked On Panthers, uh, we're having, we were supposed to have three out of the four hosts, remaining hosts of the Locked On NHL Network here on the show, but we're only going to have two of the three. We were not going to bring Adam Danker of Locked On Lightning here. Adam's a good dude, but of course, it's a Panther-centric podcast, and we're not going to root for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, I make that no secret, but I I do want to say that before we get into the conversation with two out of uh, out of the ho- of the four hosts uh, of the remaining teams i do want to say that i apologize about the audio issues that happened on the most recent episode of locked on panthers with jacob winans a uh, little bit of audio issues on my end based on a few attention to detail things that i did not uh, do prior to recording and that goes with the input of my microphone uh just not changing it to the proper settings before hitting the record button and then going on and recording and that happened for wednesday's show and that actually happened on uh when i originally recorded with brett holden of locked on oilers but that audio itself i recorded that right before recording with jacob just a few minutes right before i um uh, and the audio was the same input settings that i had so that is going to unfortunately be a lost file when it comes to the the bandwagon series of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. So apologies publicly to Brett and to you guys as well that you won't be getting to hear uh, what he has to say about the Edmonton Oilers on what they've been doing. But we did have a recording, just audio issues with that. But we still have Kyle Sullivan of... Locked on Avalanche and John Chick of Locked on New York Rangers on the second and third segment of the show. So I wanted to get that off my chest as far as the what what happened as far as the audio issues that I had uh, throughout la- yesterday yesterday's episode and part of the bandwagon series of this podcast. But let's talk a little bit about the conference finals and what has happened in in the last uh, few days. Of course, game one has already happened and we're recording this right before 
game one of the Eastern Conference Final. So game one of the Western Conference Final has already begun, and there was an 8-6 victory by the Colorado Avalanche in game one, a high-scoring affair. And it was expected that the Western Conference Final was going to be a a high-scoring affair. <laughs> That's really what it, what it has been. And Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl are leading the way each with 26 points, 7 goals, 19 assists. Both have exactly 7 goals and 19 assists going into that series. But, of course, that has changed after uh, Game 1 of the of the Western Conference Final. And they and those two have been leading the way. But it's been more than just uh, the the those two. I mean... The, the the two other players who are contributing on the on the scoreboard were two players that haven't been weren't on the team just last year. One of them was Evander Kane, who was uh, put on um, on waivers for purposes of contract termination with the San Jose Sharks due to his off the ice issues with uh, with his gambling and divorce uh, as well as as well as traveling internationally. To British Columbia while testing positive for COVID-19 and him still traveling anyway. And the San Jose Sharks said enough, con- terminated his contract. He gets a second chance uh, with the Edmonton Oilers and he's proving it well, well with them. Uh, 12 goals and three assists uh, for 15 points uh, going into the Western Conference Final. And another one is a former Florida Panthers draft pick in Zach Hyman, who didn't sign, they didn't come to agreement on a contract, so he was eventually uh, traded to the Toronto Maple Leafs for Greg McKegg um, and a conditional seventh-round pick at the time, and then he spent uh, multiple years in Toronto and then signing a seven-year contract for 5.5 million AAV um, throughout the life of the contract, and he has eight goals and four assists, so he's contributing there. He leads the way. Um, he's tied for most power play goals on the on the team, along with Leon Draisaitl with uh, three. So the superstars are coming to play. We expected Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl to be part of it, but now they're getting that more of that secondary uh, scoring to help them out. And superstars are superstars. They're gonna be they're gonna be showing up, and those are definitely what has happened to those two. Uh, and Really, the concern is really something that's been talked about for the last few years is the goaltending. Mike Smith, uh, the first two games, um, the first two, the last two game one, excuse me, for the Edmonton Oilers have just been a lot of rush chances for the opposition going the other way. I mean, that happened in game one of their series against the Calgary Flames, where that was another high scoring affair. The Calgary Flames get three goals off the rush, and for the Colorado Avalanche, they get five goals off the rush. Five goals out of their eight off the rush. And of course, Mike Smith was pulled in both games, but in the previous series against the Calgary Flames, he's been able to recover well. And well, we'll see if he gets to recover well in game two, for the Edmonton Oilers, I mean, and, and it's strange. Mike Smith's career is, is weird. I mean, he's he's in his late 30s going on uh, 40. Well, he, he's 40 years old, uh, but his career playoff numbers are still relatively well. 256 goals against average, 927 save percentage, uh, and and still t- still finding a way to find ways to win for, for, his, for his team still. And... It's just a, it's just a strange, uh, it's just a strange postseason career for someone like Mike Smith. And even though there's still a lot of doubts for that department of the Edmonton Oilers, I mean they still can score with the with the best of them. And it's going to be a tough series for the the Oilers to to get over 
the Colorado Avalanche, who just got over their second-round hump, um, just like how the Panthers went through, finally won the, got out of the first round, Colorado got out of the second round, and the Edmonton Oilers advanced to the Western Conference Final for the first time since 2006, where they eventually lost to the eventual Stanley Cup champions in the Carolina Hurricanes in seven games. So th- this is an opportunity for uh, Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl to to make their mark, and and for for them, hopefully, for them is a an opportunity to bring a cup back to Alberta. Uh, and there was another chance for a cup in Alberta in 2004 when the Calgary Flames made the Stanley Cup final against Marty St. Louis, Vincent LeCavalier, and the Tampa Bay Lightning. And uh, this is uh, their chance for them. And Connor McDavid and Drysaddle, they're, they're two guys that are just really easy to root for. And just if, if you love offensive, high-powered hockey, this is the series for you. So this is uh, – I, I wish that I – once again, I wish that I had the audio from – what I did from in the conversation with Brett, but of course the audio was just so bad that I just couldn't put another audio together for you guys in of that quality, just like what I did for Winans Wednesday. So that the 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 Edmonton Oilers, there it, it's very unlikely that they beat the Colorado Avalanche, but man, if with Darcy Kemper and his uh, injury history and him coming out of game one. And even though Pavel Francois had a had a great season this year, late bloomer um, for, for a goalie coming into the NHL. Now he's 31 years old. He held the fort even though the Edmonton Oilers were starting to creep creep back. He still found a way to find, um, shut the door and, and the Colorado Avalanche, uh, even though they took their foot off the gas pedal, a lot of defensive breakdowns uh, in front of Francois. Uh, the... Edmonton Oilers, they still have a a chance, but it doesn't look uh, very likely if you're asking someone objective like myself. So many reasons to root for this Edmonton Oilers team. And and it's uh, it, and if you want to listen more of that, go to uh, Locked on Oilers, wherever you get podcasts, and you can follow Brett Holden on the show at The Real Holden 40. In the next segment, we're going to bring in Kyle Sullivan of the Locked on Colorado Avalanche podcast where I got to talk to him and have him convince me and as well as the Florida Panthers fan base on why the Panther fans should be rooting for the Colorado Avalanche. But first, we're going to talk to you all about Built Bar. And we've been at, we've been asking and Built delivered. Granola bars are here. Built granola bars come in three unbelievable flavors. Chocolate peanut butter, cho- chocolate coconut, and white chocolate berry. Want to try all three flavors? You can get a milk box at Built.com right now. These are so different from the bars and puffs. Built granola bars are loaded with granola. It's the perfect combination of crunch and chewiness. Just like bars and puffs, these babies packed with protein and covered in 100% real chocolate. With 150 calories, 15 grams of protein, and only 4 grams of sugar, Built granola bars will change your world. It has cracked the code to better granola. They're the perfect healthy snack to pack in your lunch, take on the road, and eat as a snack. And they are milled, um, made with collagen ca- protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. If you've been waiting for a healthy, delicious granola bar to hit the market, this is your time. Head to Built.com right now and get the granola bars, three different delicious flavors to try. Chocolate peanut butter, chocolate coconut, and white chocolate berry. Don't miss out. you got to get yours today. Go to Built.com to get Built granola bars now. 
Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. And now, uh, another part of this Panthers bandwagon series of the show is me bringing the host of Locked On, Colorado Adge, which who is a guy that one of the guys that we spoke to weeks ago when discussing the race, the President's Trophy. Uh, very fortunate host Kyle Sullivan here on the show. How are you doing, man? Living the dream. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. Uh, I mean, I, I will say watching the Stanley Cup playoffs when it's not your team is less stressful. But of course, oh, you wish imagine. that it's your team making it uh, as, as far as Colorado has. I mean, so they got their first round uh, hump out of there, out of the way. They So they got over that. Mm-hmm. Um, they got that monkey off their back. So now they got that out of the way. So hopefully for next year, them they uh they get even further and for colorado let's now relate this back to colorado i mean they got over their second round hump now for for the first time in over over a decade that 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 colorado is in this position to to hope to advance to the final with um and for for you guys i mean it's been it's been quite a ride and the the previous for St. Louis gave him a, a great a great challenge. Of course, you, you cruised the first round. But how are you, Kyle Sullivan, feeling about where Colorado Avalanche are at? And and for for context, this was recorded after Game One uh, victory of the Avalanche over the Edmonton Oilers. But how are you feeling right now about this Colorado Avalanche team? You mentioned the Florida Panthers having that little bit of relief getting past the first round hump. I think Colorado's also experiencing that, and you see that in game one with how they, I mean, a combined 14 goals in game one against Edmonton. And it's surprising, and you feel the Avalanche playing with a little less weight on them. And you could see it in the way they play. Like, a lot of the detriment in the St. Louis series was Colorado got kind of tense. Like, they were about to get past that that second round, and they didn't know what to do. They collapsed in a couple of those games, gripped the uh, stick a little bit tighter, they played cerebral. They tried not to make a mistake, but ended up making a mistake, playing prevent defense to equate it to like a football analogy. And you could see like the Avalanche are playing a lot freer. They're believing in themselves. They see what they're doing. Even with the loss of Darcy Kemper, they still believe in what they could do because of the depth on this team. So, yes, it was a crazy 8-6 game, but you also believe in what the Avalanche could do because of the sum of its parts going deeper possibly all the way mm-hmm. and i was looking uh, i was looking at a stat at that uh the point on espn edmonton about their game their game their latest game ones in the last two rounds and a lot of their, their a lot of their goals against have been really off the rush i mean they and five of the eight goals that colorado scored in game one were off the rush. so I, that that play that nathan mckinnon on darnell nurse and to and then to beat Mike Smith, I mean, what, what and you can't, and, and Steve Kills game too. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the Florida Panthers in their, in their second round series against the Tampa Bay, I mean, they weren't getting through that defense to save their lives and they weren't getting on the doorstep, weren't getting in transition. Tampa Bay was taken from the man. The, 
the game for the Colorado Avalanche, resulting in five of those eight goals, which is just incredible. And then they're really taking advantage of the Edmonton Oilers uh, not getting back. And and the scary thing is that was not a good game from probably three of the top six of the Avs defense. Like very pedestrian effort from it's the bad turnovers from like Jack Johnson, Josh Manson. Like you're not getting full Kale McCarr and Devontae's right now. Like this is still not a good defensive effort, and they're still putting out great games like this. And once and this is something we mentioned on the show. It's great to have an 8-6 game, but when you get to game plan, what does game 2, 3, 4 look like? If Connor McDavid and that line, Dreisaitl and McKinnon and Rantanen kind of cancel each other out, the depth on this team is where you want to see it shine. And the Avalanche, on paper, have a little bit more proven depth. If the defense can step up a little bit and we can have that depth shine, you feel really good about this series, but the Avalanche are doing things like you mentioned, the transition game, and it's not even with a good defensive effort. And uh, I don't know who's count. I don't know who's counting, but the the who tie the all-time record in a series right right now is uh, 55 more to tie. They're at 14 now to, for the Edmonton Oilers Blackhawks <laughs> back in the mid 80s. So assuming that this uh, goes seven games, you have to average both teams over nine goals a game. The expectation for the Western was to be high scoring while in the East, this is recorded right before Rangers Lightning. That series is expected to be a goalie duel in the East. But I want to talk about a a player that has overcome a lot of hate and and unnecessary comments towards his direction is Nazem Kadri. I mean, he has a history, of course, of some dirty play here and there, but of course, play against Biddington was not whatsoever and of course uh him going there and scoring a, a hat trick against the st louis blues how, how was a relief for that for the fan base nazim kadri it's funny you bring this up out of because me I, I also have a co-host over on lockdown avalanche chris maselli out of the two of us i'm a nazim kadri stan i have his jersey behind me i'm wearing his hda uh, hat i i love everything nazim kadri does what he is and what he stands for. And before this series even came out, I think it was right about the beginning of the playoffs, he came out with a Players' Tribune article talking about his time with Toronto and not feeling wanted there and how he's giving back to Colorado for actually taking a chance on him, bringing him in, welcoming him with open arms. And you could see that in his play. There's a difference in the Nazem Kadri everyone knows and the Nazem Kadri we have now. Um, this season, he was putting up career numbers, scoring at will in the regular season, and playing clean. This is not Brad Marchand. This is this is Nazem Kadri now. This is not he's not making dirty hits. He's playing smart. His hockey IQ all year long has been off the charts. And to see, I mean, he bumped into it was Callie Rosen pushed him. Callie Rosen made more of the contact than Nas did on Bennington, and of course. The Blues fan base gets upset. Bennington is Bennington, reacts like Bennington would, and really sets it on fire. And then a lot of hateful death threats, racist comments directed at Nas. And that's one thing to happen. The reaction is what really made it for me, seeing the Avalanche fans 
and a lot of blues fans standing up saying, hey, we're not doing this anymore. This is this is a little too far. Like racism has no place in the game, period. And it doesn't matter who you are. Um, to see the reaction in the, when they came back to Colorado, passing out stand with Nas signs. I still have mine right over here. Um, to see this fan base welcome him back with open arms and like, this is our guy. Like for someone that everybody thinks of as a dirty player to be welcomed back as like, we got you, man. Like we are, if you're going to get at him, you have to get through us. Like to see the fans take that mentality, the team take that mentality. It, it, it's and for him to respond to that with a hat trick. And we said it on the show. He didn't hit back going for a dirty hit or trying to get even. He hit him where it counted on the scoreboard. And that's what matters. That's amazing. Um, next question I have for you is um, Darcy Kemper has had a history of, of not staying healthy. And he gets uh, poked in the eye through the masters against uh, the St. Louis Blues and then takes himself out of game one for um, having blurry vision um, in the middle of it. And Pavel Francel. And he's at um, probably the people on the Locked On Panthers feed. He, his uh, GAA is in mid twos, and his uh, uh, his, uh, his percentage is uh, nine nine I believe from the regular season or nine fifteen somewhere around uh, nine sixteen. So, but just by the numbers that they they confidence to to still have um, Frel even if Darcy Kemper if Darcy Kemper isn't to play, but are, are you even concerned that even back from the Edmonton Oilers that they even brought it down to a visit? Does that worry you at all going into game two, even Colorado Avalanche uh, still came out on top? Well, the thing with Pablo Francis, and I'll uh, I'll give a little inside baseball from the track on the Avalanche side. Back when Philip Grubauer was here, it was coming out of training camp. This was Pablo Francis's team. Grubauer, it was he was going to be the one B to Francis's one A at one point, and in the preseason and training camp held him back from achieving that. Um, he is a solid goalie. Once he gets in there and gets the flow, that's Frankie's. That's what we call him. That's Frankie's big problem, is getting in there and getting established. He's been playing the one B role, but Darcy Kemper's got so hot this year, he hasn't seen a lot of ice time. It's been like a 60-40 split, and I don't. And he's seen maybe one game in the playoffs so far, one and a half if you're considering the Oiler game. He's a good goalie. He's a great goalie. You just want to see him get established. And like I mentioned earlier, it was not a good defensive effort. If the defense can rally around Frankie and Frankie gets in there, gets established, can go through his routine and start a game and finish it, you feel really good about what Frankie could do in the playoffs. Like speaking for me, especially, I've always believed in what Frankie can do. I've loved seeing what Darcy Kipper can do, but I've always believed that Frankie also can be just as good, if not better, than Darcy Kemper, if given the chance. Yeah, I'm seeing on his cat-friendly page that uh, Frankie has had uh, three trips on LTIR throughout his career. And I mean, I mean, in his early 30s, made, uh, signing his first NHL contract in 2018. So he's a little bit of a late getting into this league. Mm-hmm. But hey, a great season for him this year. And hey, um, you, you said it, you said it uh, best. The, the defense hasn't been... Uh, 
there as far as game one for the Avalanche. But came out on top in, in game one. And of course, uh, those are, as Rick Tockett's on the broadcast, the, the high scoring games, but the, but the def- coach's nightmare when it comes to the defensive part of the game. Um, yep. Final question uh, that I, I mean, Kale McCarr, what, what he's doing in these playoffs, I mean, leading leading the way in points for for defensemen, 16 points. I mean, he's got Auto Avalanche happened to win the Stanley Cup. He's my favorite, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah, with, without a doubt. And something that me and Chris reference when we talk about Kale McCarr all the time, he plays a positionless hockey. Mm-hmm. Like, he could be a forward. He could play defense. Throw pads on him. He probably is a pretty average goalie. Um, he's incredible. And it's it's something to – every time you hear Kale McCarr comparisons, it's not to peers, it's to legends. And that, that could tell you about the caliber of player that Kale McCarr is. It's never, well, he plays like this, and you can point and look at regular season stats. It's always like, this is a coffee. This is a Bobby Orr. Like, you're really hearing – greatness in comparisons and you see that time in time out on the ice and the thing is he doesn't go out there and demand it he's just is if that makes sense like he doesn't go out there and you're not watching like what's Kale McCarr going to do he doesn't have to play out of his mind to like be great he just is his average like you heard the interview with Tyson Berry when they shared the ice when Tyson Berry was a member of the Avalanche and Kale made his debut, he Tyson Berry's like, I think I'm on my way out of here. And he was correct because of Kale, how he puck handles and how he skates. It's one of those that established hockey guys, when they see him, they're like, okay, this guy has it. Everything I'm trying to be, this kid's already there. So it's a really good thing to have. And like, he's got a great hockey IQ and when, what he his contributions on the defense are incredible. How he facilitates on the blue line, his ability to be like, I know I need to score in this moment. He can flip a switch and score. He's amazing, and I don't think he's praised enough, especially when you're on a team with Nathan McKinnon, Gabe Landeskog, Miko Rantanen. You can't praise everybody, but okay. Kale McCarr should get more. Yeah, absolutely, and he 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 does it all for for a defenseman. Um, so we have one game down, but what's your series prediction for this? Honestly, we've been saying on the show this feels like a six or seven game series, but that was before game one was played. It's interesting to see what games two and three will tell you a lot. If there's a huge course correction for both of these teams, this might be shorter, but if night in, night out, we're getting 10 to 14 goals, it might be six or seven, and it's going to be the home team wins every game. Just might as well. And that that if that is correct, that that would be absent seven in that. If, if that's what mm-hmm. you're, uh, maybe absent seven in that one. Uh, uh, Kyle, thank you so much for joining on this episode of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast bandwagon series of the show for the Panther fans. If you want to follow Kyle online, you could follow him on Twitter at Shaggy Von Doom. You could follow the Lockdown Avalanche podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. Wherever wherever you're listening to Lockdown Panthers, you could also uh, listen to Lockdown Avalanche as well. So, Kyle, thank you so much for joining the show. Thank you so much for having me. And now we're for another segment of the series here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. 
I am Armando Velez. I got John Chick of Locked On New York Rangers here with me. We're bringing three out of the four uh, hosts of the remaining teams here on the Locked On for um, Locked On Podcast Network. And John, great to have you on. And first of all, before we start our conversation, congratulations on the new child. Oh, thank you so much, man. Yeah, she uh, she's already a month old, a month and a handful of days here. Uh, she's amazing. It's it's been an unbelievable experience, and uh, you know my wife and I are both very blessed right now. And she's actually sleeping pretty well, so that's good news as well. Do you like that this timing came before the Stanley Cup playoffs? How, yeah. how are you feeling? Oh, one hundred percent. Because actually, she was about twenty days uh, early. And so she got here before the playoffs had even started. The Rangers had a couple of regular season games left, but they were pretty much locked into their uh, playoff spot. So I missed one or two games, but yeah, I can't complain, man. I, th I think the timing worked out perfect. And, you know, we got her home and we've been watching the playoffs, dressing her in Ranger clothes the whole nine yards, man. It's, it's been fantastic. That's awesome. And uh, by the time this uh, episode drops on the Lockdown Florida Panthers feed, um, game one would have already happened between the Florida Panthers and the New York Rangers. So we don't know the result of that one yet, but let's talk about this playoff run, uh, for, for the New York Rangers. Of course, they come back from three, one down against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Of course, uh, the goalie situation that happened with the injuries with, uh, Casey Smith bringing in Louis Domingue, but of course the Igor Shesterkin, the power play continuing to be great for the Mika Sabanajet is playing well, the kid line is producing for for Rangers and of course Breadman Artemi Panarin honorable mention for him let's get a little back about how you're feeling about the Rangers being right now in the Eastern Conference final rematch of 2015 yeah it's pretty amazing man you know coming into this season it's the first time out of you know three seasons of locked on New York Rangers since this podcast has been in existence that I looked at this team and I looked at you know the lay of the land in the Eastern Conference, so to speak. And I said, yeah, I think that the Rangers should be a playoff team this year. And I think that they will be one. Um, you know, I, it was the first time that I put it at more than a 50-50 shot that I thought that they would get in at the end of the season. Um, but did I think they would be one of the last four team standings in the Eastern Conference Finals? Uh, no, I did not at all. It's a team that has clearly uh, kind of arrived ahead of schedule here. You mentioned Igor Shesterkin doing his thing. And uh, yeah, man, I mean, just... Something about this team, man, when they've got their backs against the wall, they're at their absolute best now, 5-0 and when facing elimination in the playoffs. It's just been an incredible ride. And up next is the Tampa Bay Lightning. I know there probably aren't too many Panther fans that want to see the Lightning win another Stanley Cup. So you got to start rooting for the Rangers. You don't really have much of a choice. And uh, uh, just really looking forward to the series. And, you know, the fact that the Rangers have faced elimination five times, going into game one, I'm just happy that it's a game one. And, of course, you want to win it get the series off to a good start but you know what hey at least your season's not over if you lose so i'm just very much looking forward to the start of the uh the uh the playoff run here or the you know the, the conference final run here mm -hmm. they're playing with house money right now uh for really uh we we and we it's funny because in the offseason when the new york rangers signed Gerard gallant florida former florida panthers head coach Gerard gallant we talked about at the time how they felt like they overachieved with david quinn and it wasn't a popular firing by MSG to 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 let him go. They overachieved even that season. They they overachieved uh, this season for for for. And you talk about this team getting a number two overall pick just recently in Capo Caco, number one overall pick in 
Alexei Lafreniere, I mean, that phase two of the draft fell in the favor of the Rangers, definitely for sure. And of course, it wasn't a it, it wasn't encouraging first season for Alexei Lafreniere, but man, this dude has just been so much better and he's definitely producing. How are you how are you feeling about his uh his uh development? Now he's been great. I think he's really stepped up in these playoffs. You know, there was a time where the Rangers were obviously struggling in that first round series against the Pittsburgh Penguins. And you mentioned the kid line, man, and those guys really stepped up. There were a lot of superstar players on the Rangers who just were not playing up to their capabilities. You could probably even include Igor Shesterkin in that. I mean, I realized he got hung out to dry in games three and four of the Pittsburgh series, didn't get a lot of help, but he'd probably be the first one to tell you that he didn't have his A game. Uh, Artemi Panarin, wasn't quite at the top of his game. I still don't think we've seen the best out of Artemi Panarin. Hopefully it's coming soon. It's probably going to have to be. Uh, but Chris Kreider and Mika Zibanejad off to kind of rough starts in the first period. Mika's really taken off since then. And Kreider, you know, he's kind of been hot and cold the entire playoffs. Um, and, you know, it was the kid line that really stepped up and was kind of driving the play for the New York Rangers, scoring some big goals. And it's just been awesome because, you know, you mentioned Kako and Lafreniere. Um, you know, Filipino too, he's having a breakout season for this team or breakout playoff run here. And it's just been awesome to see all three of them at the same time playing probably the best hockey that any of them have ever played since coming into the league. I mean, the timing could not possibly be better. And with Lafreniere, I've always said, I, I think he's a little bit underrated as a defensive player. And he's made a lot of really big plays in this playoff run, you know, kind of on the back check, preventing some scoring opportunities. And uh, somebody that even has, you know, maybe developing a little bit of an edge to his game where he's kind of getting under the skin of some of his opponents as well. So it's just been awesome, man. All, all three of those kids are bringing it every single night. And uh, it's huge. I mean, that's when the Rangers become dangerous is when those three uh, start playing up to their capabilities for sure. Yeah. And uh, a, a player that I want to mention to, to uh, another reason to uh, root for the New York Rangers. I mean, you, you don't have to do much convincing on, on this podcast uh, on the, on this end, but I also think about two uh, people who had relations to the Florida Panthers, the head coach, Gerard Gallant, and then of course, Frank Petrano, uh, who just got, who tr got traded to the, to the New York Rangers towards the trade deadline for a fourth round pick. And then that fourth round pick was used to acquire a bench rot. So it was a, it was kind of like playing chess at the time. Of course, uh, Frank Petrano got scratched 11 times before getting traded. So it, it just a, really was about fit for, for, for Toronto. And I mean, you, you see what he's, you see what he's doing, uh, last 22 games, uh, being part of the top line, eight, um, eight goals, five assists. And then in the, in the playoffs this season, uh, Three goals, uh, five assists uh, in the in the playoffs right now. How, how have you been? How, how have you been feeling about Frank Vichano's game during this these playoffs? Yeah, no, I mean he he's been great. I mean a little bit of a quiet series against Carolina, you know, relatively speaking to what he did near the end of the regular season for the Rangers and even in the first round against the Penguins there. But uh, you know, part of the reason for that is he's on the Mika line and they were matched up with the stall line pretty often. And that stall line, man, they can just suffocate you and just really give you nothing. So that's part of it. Uh, but he was exactly what the Rangers needed. There's so many players on this Ranger team, and they've gotten better about this over the last couple of seasons. But man, everybody just wants to make that perfect pass, set up that perfect highlight real goal, set up their buddy for an easy tip in goal. And sometimes you just gotta put the puck at the net. And Frank Vetrano, he's that guy, man. Shoot and ask questions later and why not? I mean, he's got an excellent shot. He's been able to take advantage of it at times, you know, down the stretch for the Rangers here. And uh, hopefully he can, uh, you know, kind of step it back up for the Rangers in the Eastern Conference final here. He had a two-point game against the Canes in game four. But other than that, I think was held off the score sheet. Uh, he might have had an assist last night. I think he did, actually. 
But mm-hmm. um, yeah, man, uh, Vitrano's been great, and the fact that the Rangers were able to pick him up for uh, just a fourth round pick, yeah, pretty awesome. Uh, he he's done a heck of a job for this team for sure, and uh, obviously, you know, kind of helped them fill out the lineup a little bit. Mm. I believe on that first power play goal in Game Seven, I don't, I don't think he got an assist because if we're counted, definitely he would have uh, gotten one if that if if those existed. But he was part of making that power play goal happen uh, for the for the first goal. Uh, for for the New York Rangers, that one I, I I definitely remember. I was like Frank Pachano. I was like pointing at the screen. Frank Pachano. He 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 made it happen uh, yeah. there. And got gotta gotta ask you uh, for for the New York Rangers. We talked about house money, Gerard Gallant, Frank Pachano, everything that this um, the the New York Rangers are doing. But man, I I, I want to ask you. A lot of the people in the analytics community. Lot, point out a lot of expected goals against for the for the New York Rangers as a as a way of kind of downgrading their success for this season. At, at least that's it. What do you what do you got to say to uh, people who talk about that side of things and how they don't think that uh, that New York is that this this team is um, legit? A lot of people might not think that. But what do you got to say to when you hear about those responses? Uh, based yeah, on I mean, that. it's it's something that I've been talking about off and on, you know, kind of throughout this run here. And certainly now that they're into the Eastern Conference final, you know, those next gen stats, analytics, algorithms, whatever you want to call it, they have their place. And I think for sure that they can, uh, you know, give you some useful information about how certain teams are playing and, you know, the way that, you know, is this team playing over their head a little bit? Is this team underachieving and they're bound to turn around? But, you know, this game has a pulse, man. You know, this isn't a computer simulation out there. They're breathing living human beings out there playing this game and you know the one thing that i talked about we've got an episode that's dropping uh later tonight midnight although by the time this episode comes out i guess it'll already be out but you know i just mentioned that uh you know pretty much what i just said there that you know not everything can come down to a computer simulation this ranger team an extremely tight-knit bunch these guys have each other's backs and you know a lot of people like to point at the fact that oh man among all the playoff teams they're the worst at 5v5 Okay, fine. You know what? We've got an awesome power play that we've been able to has gone to an even better level in the Stanley Cup playoffs. They're scoring on nearly a third of their power play opportunities. Uh, we've got a great penalty kill. There's a lot of guys out there that uh, just really make it difficult for the team on the power play to really set anything up, get any good scoring opportunities. And we've got a phenomenal goalie. And I'm not going to apologize for any of those things. You know, that those are all really key components to any team. And so, yeah, I mean, look, again, those stats, they have their place, but you can't measure, you know, things like uh, the chemistry of a team and, and just having, uh, you know, that that moxie to get the job done when your backs are against the wall. Again, 5-0 and oh in the playoffs. There's no, you know, computer simulation to uh, explain that. That's just That just comes down to guts and playing your best when you absolutely need to. And that's something that Gerard Gallant brings to the table. Uh, oh, yeah. The, broad, the broadcast mentioned about how when he advanced to the Eastern Conference Final, winning Game 7, Sean McDonough spoke about how he was back at the scene of the crime where he got fired by the Florida Panthers. And then of course that viral photo of him uh, in the taxi cab, it hurt, it hurt a little bit, not, not gonna lie. That hurt a little bit for me uh, hearing that, but I'm so happy for uh, Gerard Gallant. I'm so happy for Frank Ricciano. And of course, this is a, this is a great underdog story uh, for, for the New York Rangers. If they, if they happen to get over uh, the Tampa Bay lightning, of course I'm, I'm rooting hard for them. Uh, I got to ask you, though, what's your prediction for this series? 
it's going to be tough. I mean, I, I haven't even gotten to the point where I'm going to say this team in this many games, but I think this is going a bare minimum of six games, probably seven. I, I think the Rangers can match up with this team. I mean, you know, the, the Lightning, they're the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions for a reason, but the more I see from this Ranger team, and, and not even just the playoffs, really throughout the entire regular season, anytime they face adversity, anytime they were coming off of, you know, kind of a bad performance, they would always bounce right back in the next game and play some of their best hockey. And that's carried over into the postseason as well. And again, it just, it, it's hard to put your finger on it. It's hard to quantify it, but it just has that feeling where, you know, man, this could be our year. And, you know, Armando, you mentioned that the Rangers are, are playing with house money this year. And in a way they are, but something else that I talked about in my podcast is, man, you know, you've, you've done so much already here. You, you've come back from 3-1 against the Penguins. You come back from 3-2 against the Canes. And you never know for sure when this opportunity is going to come around again. You know, of course, yeah, they're very young. It looks like they're set up for many, many years to come. And that championship window should stay open for a while, just, you know, no matter what happens this year. But you just never know, man. So it'd be awesome. It, it, they're already ahead of schedule. If this season ends with them raising the Stanley Cup over their head, I don't even know what I'm going to do, man. I'm just going to lose my mind because I, I just never thought coming into the season that we'd be in this position here. I, I'll be the first one to admit that. But again, you get this opportunity, you make it this far, you want to take this thing all the way to, all the way to the finish line and uh, just end with a championship because Ranger fans don't get many championships. So that's your pick. Rangers in seven. Rangers in seven. Okay. And and they have home ice advantage. Uh, they do. Throughout, they do. Throughout the playoffs. I mean, they tied 10 points, but they got more regulation uh, win that earned them the tiebreaker. And hey, that you take any advantages you get. I mean, Florida's had it twice over the Tampa Bay Lightning home ice advantage in the past two years, and they still wait. And and you said power play is a big factor in it, the, of scoring over a third of their power plays. Florida didn't have that. The, the, Goaltending, they have the goaltending. Uh, Florida had that in the in the postseason, but of course the power play didn't uh, come to fruition. And of course, uh, guts. That's what and the willingness to put your body out there to try to win. And you said it best. Oh, in elimination games for this New York Rangers team, so it's possible. It's a big hill to climb, but it's definitely possible. So, John, I want to thank you for coming on this uh, this uh, edition of. The Locked On Florida Panthers podcast on this bandwagon of, of the show, and we're rooting. Panther fans, we're rooting hard for you guys. That's for sure. So, tell everybody where they can find you and your work. Yes, yeah, so um, you can find me on Twitter at jchick17, and then of course uh, you've got the uh, Twitter handle for the podcast itself, which is at lo underscore ny underscore rangers. And of course, you can uh, listen to the Locked On New York Rangers podcast pretty much wherever you're listening to this, or if you happen to be watching it on YouTube, we're on there too. So uh, yeah, definitely come check us out. And uh, yeah, let's just uh, buckle up and get ready for uh, what's going to be a crazy finish to uh, what's already been a crazy Stanley Cup playoff run here. I'm, I'm excited. And uh, I'm excited. And definitely guys, uh, definitely check them out. So uh, thank you, John. Hope to talk to you soon. Yeah. Thanks for having me, man. And uh, we'll definitely have to do a couple off season episodes as well. No doubt. Thank you, man. All right. And thank you so much for John Chick, Kyle Sullivan, and Brett Holden. Honorable mention for him for coming on the show to discuss this bandwagon series of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Still were some minor issues as far as audio in the last two. 
uh, not to the level that it was on Widen's Wednesday, but that's something that we're going to tweak um, right before the Friday edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Got to investigate a little so that these issues don't come about again. So once again, apologies about that and hope that to provide you some better audio quality um, from here on out. So as far as my pick to who I want to win both of these series as, as of course I'm a Panthers fan so of course picking the Tam- the New York Rangers I want them to win but I don't think they will so objective pick is lightning in six over the New York Rangers but I'm rooting hard for the New York Rangers and I'm I am rooting for the Colorado Avalanche over the Edmonton Oilers and I'm pick also picking the Avalanche to advance to the Stanley Cup final to meet with the Tampa Bay Lightning. I won't give a prediction until the the Stanley Cup final happens. Who knows? These two might not even be the two teams that might even play in the final. So we'll get to, to that one when that happens. But in the meantime, if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast so you'll be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Make sure to subscribe to Locked On Fantasy Hockey and the Crosscheck NHL Show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. We'll be covering all the postseason activities around the National Hockey League. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure to listen to today's episode of Locked On AHL. Locked On AHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Sermon Armando Velez, signing off. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're your team. Every day.